one. <laughs> Please tell me that was on purpose. No. What just happened? <laughs> I totally thought you were doing a funny voice. I was doing a funny voice. Just not on purpose. <laughs> and sure. we're off to the races. <laughs> While Haley uh, composes gonna, herself. This is what we're going to use? Yeah, why not? Oh. <laughs> so, uh, welcome to Spiritual Side Note. Um, while Haley gets herself together, uh, we are going to be talking about the combination of fasting and feasting today. Wait, that's not how I wanted to start. Oh. I wanted to... <laughs> a, a funny story from Ophelia or Hagen. Yeah, we can do a funny story. Oh, okay. I was just saying where we're going today and what we're going to talk about, so... Um, fasting so, and feasting. Fasting and feasting. <laughs> dun dun dun. Um, oh, yeah. Man. So just some things that uh, Haley and I have been learning, learned, uh, seeing scripture, all that fun stuff. So, um, but before we jump into a serious conversation on fasting and feasting, because uh, this is brought to so you by. Uh, <laughs> I said before we jump into a serious uh, conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So before that happens. <laughs> Uh, a story from our sponsor, Ophelia uh, <laughs> uh, James. Yes, or or Hagen. Or Hagen. What story you got? I don't know. I hadn't really thought of one. That's why I was going to do the intro so I could ask you oh, if you okay. had any funny ones. Go for it. What? No, I just said I was going to ask you. I know. So go for it. Oh, oh! I thought you might go for it, Haley. Tell me a funny story. Do you have any funny stories oh, from our well, sponsor, Ophelia uh, James? So or many Hagen. funny stories, but I blank on the fly. I didn't know you were going to ask me this. Mm-hmm. Long pause. <laughs> I feel like she said a lot of funny things this last week, too. She has, yeah. I mean, one of them was she told Shay that when girls sit on the potty, they look at their phones. <laughs> so clearly she sees that happen enough, which is really funny because I'm actually not on my phone that much. But apparently I must be. I We also like our child care has been somewhat inconsistent um, just in like days and times and whatever or kids being sick and having them home. Which is fine, but that just means there are also times I'm, like, trying to get my work done. Mm -hmm. And so I will, like, take my phone to the bathroom to check my email or respond to a text because I try to be very present when I'm with my kids, our kids. It's weird. Sometimes I'm talking to you and sometimes I'm talking to the people who are listening and I, like, flow back and forth between the vocabulary I use. But... I mean, either way, there are kids. Right. No matter if you're talking to me or someone else. That's true. Anyways. <laughs> Now I'm distracted. Yeah. The other one that she said that same day, she said that um, we were in the car and she, or Hagen, tried to t grab her baby. And she goes, no, Hagen, that's my baby. And I was like, okay, let's talk kindly and just say like, hey, brother, that's mine. I would rather you not play with it. And then she goes, hey, brother, that's mine. I'd rather you not play with it. And then she followed up with, I mean, I can order you your own baby. <laughs> so apparently we've been doing a lot of Amazon ordering. <laughs> we can just order you your own baby. Oh my gosh. So. I really have. I actually can't believe it's only been since COVID began that I started actually ordering consistently from Amazon because mm. it feels like that became the norm where yeah. like so much 
and easier to not skyrocket. <laughs> yeah, it's so much easier to not like take two children out to try to yeah, find something that for sure. you know. Like we needed a vent register for the floor in our house. Like it's a lot easier to just order that on Amazon. But then Athelia gets the packages at the door. Sometimes <laughs> answers the door when yeah we're working on you know stranger danger things. <clears throat> Anyways, and she'll open the packages so it's, like, very normal. Yeah. But it didn't used to be, which is kind of crazy, isn't it? It's true. Anyway. Man, there was, like, one or two more I just thought were hilarious, and now I can't I can't think about them on the fly either, apparently. She's just talking, like, she's so old mm-hmm. and normal. And normal? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Like you're having a normal conversation, like not like you're talking oh, to a little kid or a toddler. Normal. Like no, mm-hmm. it's more of like a normal conversation. Yeah. But. Yeah. Anyway, all right, cool. So fasting and feasting. Yep. What you got? Well, lots. So yeah. part of me thinks I shouldn't begin because I might not stop talking, but That's I can okay. practice that. Yeah. Why don't you jump in because you've been right in the thick and just kind of sharing where you've been the last forty days. Okay. So one of the reasons we decided to talk about this today is probably about two months ago now, one of my friends, Lindsay, asked if I wanted to do a 40-day sugar fast devotional, and I thought, absolutely not. I don't want to do that, which is when I sensed inside of me the spirit pressing into, like, if you don't want to give this up. This is something we should talk about, like not wanting to give up sugar. And it's kind of where I was at with alcohol a while ago. Like, I don't want to give up alcohol. And I'm sensing that like whenever there's something I don't want to give up is probably the time I should, even if it's for a short period of time. Alcohol became something I sensed I just needed to give up, period. Um, Sugar was something that I just felt like I was actually eating a lot of on a more regular basis. And like, um, yeah, just if I'm just super vulnerably raw. Um, I don't like telling myself no. And I had an eating disorder for years. And so there was this part of me that almost, um, would react and respond with a fear that if I say no to sugar, then I'm going to jump back into an eating disordered mindset, or it means I have an eating disorder if I'm telling myself no. Um, but really it boiled down to, because I was at peace with starting the devotional, because I do want to speak to people who have struggled with eating disorders. Fasting is not for everyone in every season in the way I'm going to be talking about it, because there are certain triggers that could send you back if you're not at peace with God leading you into this place. Maybe you need to do a different kind of fasting than something from food. Um, But I really sensed I was healthy enough with like the transformation the Holy Spirit has done that actually me fasting from sugar is what I needed to do because it had become an idol. Like I just wanted to be able to eat whatever I wanted to eat whenever I wanted to eat it. So I said yes to doing this 40 day devotional and there's a Devo on sugar like every day, but it went deeper than that. Um, the book is by Wendy speak and she almost immediately just jumps into, there's actually a before you fast section where she encourages you to pray through what kind of sugar fast this is. Is it just refined sugar? Is it any kind of sweeteners? Is it anything that even turns to sugar in your blood system? Like what kind 
of fast is God calling you to? And the fact that a fast is on purpose abstaining from something to experience something else. Um, and if I'm honest, I, I feel like I did not do this fast very well the whole time because at the very beginning, I just sensed this wasn't just about sugar. And in fact, that's what she ends up going into, that this was about any idols in my life that I was turning to first. So she even, she talks about that several times in this book. Like what else have you run to? Sugar is an easy one for us to automatically take out of our diet because we don't need it to survive, but we can easily turn to it when we're emotional or when, um, we want a quick high to like push through something cause we're tired or, um, sometimes it's a coping mechanism for me when I feel out of control or it's also addict. It's an addictive stimulant to your mind. So, um, I just sense this like need in my life to surrender snacking like all of the time or drinking a sparkling water or a coffee. Like I was always drinking or eating something and just sense this like hunger for something always, whether it was like I was uncomfortable, I felt out of control um, and realized during this time how much of an idol food still was in my life. I might not have been struggling with an eating disorder in the same way, but like giving up food and the way I want to eat food, the way I experience food was just something God wanted to walk me into. So it just ended like two days ago. Yesterday was my first day eating sugar and like Athelia and I got a donut and I, I sensed it was okay for me to eat part of this donut, but I almost immediately like didn't feel good. Or I really missed animal crackers because they're one of my favorite snacks. Um, oh, and one of the things in this, by the way, was she also encouraged you not to just start looking for sugar-free desserts during this time, but on purpose to be hungry. Like, so we're hungering and thirsting for God and remembering like that we're satiated only by him. So I was just even trying not to do like desserty kinds of things, but I like really missed animal crackers and I had some last night and they just like didn't really satisfy me. Just the like almost going back to some of the things without jumping, you know, headlong, like I'm going to go crazy with the like, man, this is actually what I was experiencing all the time is this desire for things that won't fill me. But I'm always trying to drink something or eat something to make myself feel something or turning to people's opinions of me or my own rules and expectations and trying to fulfill those to like be in control of whatever. So I actually feel like fasting for me lately was on purpose practicing no to several things. And like I said, I didn't always do that well. There were times I like snacked when I shouldn't have, even though that was something I'd given up. So that's something that Jesus and I are still really pressing into. But um, it really came down to like, I want to fast on a regular basis because I want to continue to practice saying no to my flesh and yes to Jesus, no to the things I want to fill myself with and yes to the one who fills me up every morning and actually just allowing him to give me the power to say no to myself as uncomfortable as that can feel like. Because it might sound crazy to people who like don't struggle with food, but maybe you struggle with something else like wanting to get on social media or looking at the number of likes you have or the number of people who have read your blog or looked at your pictures or whatever. But like, what are you turning to to fill yourself first? Or like, are you buying things you shouldn't be buying? Are you always thinking about like what dessert you're going to have that night? Or you can't wait to have a glass of wine because that's that's like the thing, you know, um, that, yeah, they're just like pressing into giving things up to allow Jesus to on purpose fill that. 
and making that the norm, like the norm of allowing Jesus to fill me first while knowing I'm not going to be perfect and I will turn to other things sometimes and surrendering back into his grace. So anyway, it was a very, very powerful thing. Um, My sugar cravings went away probably like halfway through that fast. And the things I was still struggling with craving were like the snacking all the time, always eating something like I didn't even really want sugary things anymore, but there were, there was almost a desire to just like chew on things or to always snack after dinner that I think are still very much coupled to old habits and things that, um, I want to walk back through with God and like pursue, uh, a fasting from things so I can feast on him. So yeah, that was kind of a long winded answer to your question. I didn't think it was long winded. Um, so how do you, how do you balance the fasting with the feasting? I'm not sure yet. Hmm. Um, one of the things talked about in this book often, and I struggle with doing this, but I think it's key to fasting and feasting well, is that when I'm hungry, instead of immediately eating food, because that was also coupled to a fear that I keep having to surrender, that if I get hungry, it means I'm starving myself. Hmm. So I would just eat like I'm hungry. I need to eat something. But I've also been in a season um, healing from an eating disorder where I have to learn to listen to my body. Like, I'm hungry. I need to eat something. Mm -hmm. What sounds good to my body? Intuitive eating. But that has turned into a justification at times, too. Mm. Like, I haven't had a snack in 10 minutes, you know? (laughs) My body's hungry. I need to eat. Yeah. And even if I'm not eating a ton, it was like always something small, right? There's, There's just something with that. But instead of turning to those things, like opening up the word, I also did this fast in a season of being a working mom with two little kids in the middle of house renovations and having to take down a tree and standing our deck because you have to do that. And it's been five years since we've lived here. Well, four years since we've lived here, let alone how long has that been? Boards are falling apart. Like just a lot of big things that actually I think fasting in the middle of that was like super helpful Hmm. to help keep my mind trained on Jesus and the fact I'm doing this for a reason. But it was also not the kind of fast I would have hoped for in the sense that usually when you fast, you're supposed to be filling that space with something else, like time in the word. And that didn't happen the way I I would have longed for because of having two little kids that wake up super early or having meetings through lunch. So just the the practice I want to be in is fasting in a way that like when I when I'm on purpose giving something up and I either sense a temptation to have that, or let's say I'm fasting a meal during that meal time, like being in the word or asking God like to fill me instead and believing that he does. I I've come back to Jesus's words off in the last week and a half or so that man does not live on bread alone, but by every worth word that comes from the mouth of God. Um, or one of the passages that Wendy quotes in her book is from Psalm, I think it's 90, 14 where it says, God, you satisfy us in the morning, um, like with himself. Like, would you just satisfy us with your unfailing love so that we can sing for joy and be glad or something like that? And just believing that every morning he is the one that fills me up. So even when I sense the temptation to turn to Facebook or by this, I'm just saying in general, I don't 
I don't really struggle with social media much anymore, but I used to, like wanting the affirmation of people. So instead of doing that or wanting to buy something just because it might feel good or working on the next project on my house because I want to accomplish something, turning to God first. Um, But I think we talked about this months ago, months and months ago, um, the feasting aspect where I had read this blog that talked about if, if we aren't fasting, we won't feast well. Because mm. if we're always feasting and we live in a culture that's always feasting, yeah. whether that's on your, like feasting on like social things, feasting on mental things, like emotional things, actual food. you mean like consuming. Food, consuming, consuming, yes. Yeah, but then yeah. even if you go to like the actual feasting on food, like you can mm. get as much food as you want in yeah. a drive through as fast as possible. That when it comes time for things like holidays or actual feasting, like at a birthday or whatever, we're not able to feast well because mm-hmm. we're either then overeating and acting in gluttony or we're counting our calories because like, man, I've, you know, where he was like, if you have to count calories, you're not feasting right because it means that we've been overindulging ourselves in general. And that was just really challenging for me because I feel like that's the way I almost live my life is I would like calculate calories and yet like try to consume as much as I could for as little calories as possible, but it was still trying to fill myself Um, and the idea of like fasting, having this open space on purpose where I am so aware of my dependency on Jesus, it hurts and it sucks. Like I don't like telling myself no or my flesh no. Um, but if I can feast first on Jesus, like starting in his word and in his presence in the morning, when I'm on purpose or anyone is on purpose fasting from something, you become aware that you're on purpose um, abstaining from that thing. So when the desire pops up for it, feasting on Jesus instead, like being in his word, opening the word, memorizing the word, quoting it, listening to his voice more than we talk. Cause what he has to say is far more important than what I have to say. And I'm really good at talking and I'm not good at being quiet. So, um, I'm not sure because I haven't done feasting well. And I, I think a part of feasting is rest. Like if I'm resting well and who Jesus is and the truth of who he is, and that doesn't mean I'm never doing anything. I can rest in his presence while working with him. But that means my mind is at rest and my soul is at rest, trusting in who he is, that then I will automatically allow um, a, a good righteous feasting to happen because I'm starting with him first. And then I can actually feast like on food because then my heart will be ordered rightly. So I won't just overeat to overeat to fill myself or run to every friendship to like tell me who I am or try to accomplish all these things. So I feel better about myself. Like, so I have these quote like ideas, but it really is like, I'm in the middle of learning what fasting and feasting looks like well together and the power of fasting and prayer. Yeah. Yeah. So the way you just described rest to me sounded like peace, like how I would define peace. How do you, define rest or at least distinguish between rest and peace? So that's also something I'm in the middle of learning to define or maybe redefine. Um, and may, maybe other people like define this better than what I have yeah, I just in my life. What um, is your definition? So I know. We have this I was language. just giving a caveat for other yep. people that like the, the rest I started with was just taking a day of like not trying to work on all of the things. And then that rest became 
um, a delight instead of a like, oh, it's so hard to say no to all these things. It became the day I looked forward to, to like not do any work or anything Haley considered work. And then it became like, that was my Sabbath quote, actual Sabbath day. Then it became like, wait, but God might ask me to do something on the day I'm resting that I don't want to do, but it would give my soul rest. So that might look like actually going somewhere to serve if that's what my soul is at peace with, because I think rest and peace come together. Um, Because when we're resting in who Jesus is, we aren't going to be disturbing the peace of God. Like the, I really believe his spirit speaks to us in peace. So if I'm reacting and responding out of the peace of who he is, I think that is practicing rest. But rest doesn't mean I'm sitting doing nothing. I think it's abiding in who he is and allowing him to fill me. Um, but Haley is learning that rest is, it's an attitude and a posture of my heart that I can be working and still be at rest in my spirit at peace, but like resting in who Jesus is and me not working like out of my own rules or my own ideas or expectations or what I think other people expect of me, but I'm resting in who he is and putting my hand to the plow with him and doing work while learning to let my mind and my heart be at rest. So I'm not like trying to plan everything out and figure everything out. I think there's that kind of rest. And then there's the actual physical rest of like stopping. Cause even if you're plowing a field, I think we might've talked about this in our last podcast. Um, if not, I've had this conversation several times in the last week, cause it's just been powerful to me that when Jesus says, yoke yourself to me and I will give your soul rest, that literally is work and rest at the same time. But if you're plowing a field and the field is hard to plow, you're definitely going to take time to stop like get a drink of water and eat. Like there's physical rest, but there's also like the me living my life in rest, like my mind being surrendered to him and, and turning thoughts back to him or um, allowing my, f- my spirit to be at rest when my flesh pops up and wants me to do all these things where I'm actually resting in who Jesus is. Because when I'm like running around in circles internally is when I start turning to all those things and trying to cope instead of just allowing myself, my spirit to be resting in who Jesus is. Like, yeah, I don't know if that even makes sense, but I think it goes with peace. I just don't want people to think when I say rest that I only mean like physically resting, sitting still, because you can be sitting still and your mind and your spirit or your mind and your heart can be going crazy inside, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. trying to figure all the things out or... Excuse me. Yeah. So that's, it's almost like a reworking definition right now that I feel like I'm learning in the posture of my heart. Like am I, is all of me at rest mm-hmm. in yoking myself to Jesus, giving my burdens to him, trusting he's in control. Um, so kind of backtracking, I guess a little bit here. Um, if someone's never fasted, what would you say to them as far as the, why do you think that they should, um, or even like how to even go about to know what to fast from or, yeah. Hmm. Well, I'll give an answer, but then I think you should answer too. Okay. I would say first pray about what to fast from. That could be just starting with like one meal one day a week. It could be one meal one time. It could be one day one time. Just starting with whatever it is God lays on your heart. It could be an actual thing. Um, 
let's say before bed, you always get on your phone to scroll through something, whether that's, um, yeah, articles from the news or a social media platform or email or whatever. What if that became a fast so that right before bed, instead of you looking at your phone, you're opening up the word. Um, and maybe it's not that you're fasting from your phone all day, but that time, like it can look so many different ways, but I do think there's something powerful about also fasting from food if you are able to do that. Mm. Um, because God made food and it is good for us and it tastes good, but he also likens himself to daily bread and living water. And we just easily turn to food in our culture as like a consumption thing that like when we fast from it and we feel hungry, it reminds us what we're truly hungry for. So not just the um, pray through it, but like the reason why being there's something about this on purpose abstaining from, and Jesus did it. Like Jesus fasted for 40 days in the Mm -hmm. desert. That is actually recorded. I wonder how many other times he fasted, Mm. right? Did he... He didn't have anything like he, the son of man didn't have a place to lay his head. So did he naturally fast on a regular basis? Mm. Um, Whether that's, he just didn't have a lot of food, you know, or he did, but was he in in prayer and fasting like during one of the meal times? but he also ate with his disciples. We see that too. So I just wonder how often Jesus practiced the discipline of fasting um, and not just running to whatever would fill him first. I'm hungry. Let's grab some bread. Like we can like, but I also think the abstaining from reminds us we are so dependent on who God is and that he needs to fill us with his power and, um, himself first. So it's, it just makes us aware. I think of either things we struggle with or things we're turning to, or just the fact we're dependent on, on him, but yeah. What do you think? Um, yeah, the first thing was what you said that Jesus did it, um, in in being called to be like Jesus. I think that that is something that we need to do, and I think in, um, in our culture, it's not very common to fast because mm-hmm. we live in such a consuming culture um and uh and i think jesus just did it right out the gate to demonstrate like this is the gate of his ministry i mean um to demonstrate like the just the dire need that everything has to come from god Mm -hmm. um and so excuse me um yeah so because jesus did it is why i think it's it's valid and like you said like if you can fast from food i think there is something special and unique about it because the thing is food's a necessity so you can't fast forever you can't give up food you can only fast for a time from food and so um there's just something for me so this is less the why for everyone and this is the why for me is that um when i fast food i am reminded of the ultimate sustenance of who God mm-hmm. is, the very breath that I have. And like you said, the living water and the bread of life that like he is my sustainer um, more than food and water. Cause I can at least go for a time 
without those things, but God is the very breath in our lungs, right? Like, so just that reminder. Um, I also utilize that time when I do fast um, to spend extra time in the word and in prayer. And again, for me, um, it is the most intimate interactions I have with God is during seasons of fasting. Um, It allows me, forces me, um, to draw closer in a, mm. in a different way that is set apart from other rhythms or disciplines that I have because it is, I think anyway, because it's more rare and more extreme. Um, you know, not eating is a pretty extreme rhythm mm-hmm. and, uh, that doesn't negate reading the Bible every day. Like that's absolutely crucial as well. Um, but I think there's just something different set apart, similar to like, you know, if you go to like a worship night or a conference or something, there's just something different. There's different um, feels that you experience there. And um, so that's a, that's a big why for me personally, it's just that connection time and that reminder that he is my sustainer. And usually that's the phrase that when I fast, I go back to like, God, you're my sustainer. Um, and so it just reframes everything that I have it, not just in food, but like mm. all of the possessions that like he's the one who sustains physically um, and with finances and groceries and yeah. a roof overhead. Like it's just his sustenance in our life and giving life is what kind of reorients and refocuses me in good ways. So I try to go through a some semblance of a rhythm of fasting. Um, I would like it to be each year doing some some fast from food. Mm-hmm. Um, I've thought about like fasting lunch once a month or once a week or something like that. And I've never jumped into that, that kind of a rhythm. Usually I do um, slightly longer fasts um, spread out farther apart. But um, yeah, so that's a big why for me. So even like, <clears throat> you know, as you were sharing like some of the things that you've been experiencing and pressing into usually for me, it's just a desire to have an intimate connection with Mm. my sustainer of life. And so, um, I've fasted like before big things or pushes or, um, you know, I've done little fasts and seasons of pressing in because I'm not sure of something and I need clarity on a decision or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I so for me again it's just it's more that relational connection time with with God and recognizing his all-consuming sustenance and power and authority in our lives. Um but if you're thinking about fasting or maybe you never have, maybe this is the first time you've really heard it talked about. I just think that it is a spiritual discipline that needs to be practiced by every Christian. And if it's not food, because it can't be, like, that's okay. Um, but it needs to be something. Um, and so what is, what's something that's just so normal, you don't think about fasting from it, just mm-hmm. normal to your rhythm, whether again, that like you said, you know, if that's shopping or social media or <clears throat> whatever, like, what's that thing that just you do so naturally that um, when you do it, you need to not just leave a hole um, there. You don't just not do the thing um, because when you do that, when you just don't do something, it has to get filled. Like that is time and time has to be filled with something. And um, even if it's you being lazy and doing nothing, right? Like it's filled with something. And so being intentional about the replacement 
piece um, and just working through what that that needs to be and needs to look like and in order to press into who God is and what he what he wants to share with you or teach you or um, just to be with you and speak life into you during those times so intentionally setting those things aside and filling it with with God in, in a new way um, and then yeah I think that's my answer that's good I think fasting is like an intentional silencing of noise to allow the voice of God to be heard. Yeah, a lot of times with fasting, I would say that people tend to experience silence and solitude, that they tend to retreat out of the intentionality of the fasting. And I sense in the past, if I had done something like this, I would have intentionally like not gone anywhere with sugar so I didn't have to like... Mm, be tempted have to say no yeah it was it would have been an on-purpose avoiding or like I can't wait for this to be over and I on purpose was around things with sugar that were really helpful or around the office where I would naturally snack on things and just practicing saying no like actually being around it mm-hmm. in a way like I'm not saying um let's just say something like alcohol and you actually really struggle with alcohol and it doesn't just become a fast, like this becomes a lifestyle, which mm-hmm. I guess you could still consider a fast, but you don't need alcohol to live. That yeah. if you're struggling with alcoholism, like I'm not saying go be around alcohol to say no, that's yeah. not what I'm saying. But Haley was avoiding, in the past I would avoid things until it was over so I didn't have to do it or live this way when like, wait, this is the lifestyle I'm called to though, is to say no in general to whatever temptation or anything that I want to use to fill myself besides Jesus. So I think that was powerful for me this time to actually like put myself in situations or still get my kids a donut or whatever. Cause before I would have been like, no, I, I can't eat a donut. I'm not taking you to get a donut, you know? Um, but just like allowing God to truly be my sustainer. Yeah. Um, I pulled up Isaiah 58 because actually in the middle of this fast or right before it started, I think it was in the middle of it. I read this part of Isaiah Um, and the title of it is true and false fasting. And the first like five verses talk about how the people are like calling out to God, like, why don't we're fasting? Why don't you see us? But it was for the wrong reasons. And they kind of talks through like what those wrong reasons were. But in verse six, it says, is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke? To let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. 
and your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. That was just like powerful promises to those who fast mm. with the right posture of heart that like even thinking about was it not to like loose the bonds of wickedness yeah to pray and intercede while you're fasting for others but also like the bonds of wickedness in my own life like yeah. the things that have taken hold mm-hmm. of me or undoing the straps of the yoke like what have i yoked myself to what have i been working for and with it's like actually not who God is or what he's called me to, or the fact that it says to share your bread with the hungry. When I'm intentionally fasting, I would actually have more food, financial resources or, or what have you that I would have used to feed myself to like fill someone else who actually needs food. Or honestly, it's made me more aware of praying for my friends who don't have food. Mm. Like it's made me more aware of being grateful for the food I do have in front of me. Yeah. Um, so anyway, there was just so much... And there that I was like, man, it talks about loosing the bonds of wickedness and healing, like our healing shall spring up. Maybe you would actually press into like physical healing of some sort, but also like what about the spiritual healing, like places inside that, that when we fast, we allow God that space to speak to us, to heal us, to mend broken pieces that we're either consciously or unconsciously, subconsciously filling with other things when we would actually take the time instead to be in his presence and let him talk to us and become the light that he has called us to be. And anyway, I just found that really powerful that mm-hmm. if for no other reason, the fact that Jesus did it and those promises are in his word for those who fast according to his heart, excuse me, that he would like people would just press into to doing that to experience the fullness and the goodness of God. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Did you say unconscious feeling in that? Yeah, and then I changed it to subconscious. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. I didn't want to stop you because you're in the middle of a serious statement, but I thought that was funny. It's like if you're unconscious, can <laughs> you're you be, unconscious can listening you be to feel this. It, filling yourself with something? I, don't, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the antithesis. Sorry about of that. Anyways, <laughs> but... No, I knew what you meant. Uh, I just thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, the other thing with like, now jumping back to feasting, because you sent me that article that you had read mm-hmm. or that blog post. And um, I think the one of the biggest things about that was just like the ability to have the freedom to feast. Mm. That was something that I think felt somewhat profound. Mm. Um because you're right, like either it's a season of almost um, permission for gluttony or it's a season of stressing. Like, what's this going to do to me? Like, I'm going to have to work this off mm. next week. I got to like um, whatever it is, right? Like, it's usually one of those two things Yeah. rather than like not always um, eating too much or whatever regularly that when you enter those times, it's like there is a freedom to feast mm-hmm. like and feast i think ties into the recognition of one the glory but also the provision of god mm-hmm. um and that was something we've talked about it's trying to be more aware that like when we have people over or we do 
<clears throat> different like feasting events, whether that's Thanksgiving or birthday parties or whatever. And he gives examples of those and like anniversaries and whatnot, but like actually pausing for longer than like just prayer, but like a true, you know, we're going to stop and recognize the why behind the feasting, yeah. um, which is God ultimately, obviously. And, um, and so actually pausing for that time to say like, this is different this is other and we're going to feast and we're going to have freedom in feasting because mm. God is incredibly good. Mm. Um, and the amount of time you look at the biblical feasts, mm -hmm. the amount of time around feasts, um, both to prepare for them, mm -hmm. but then the financial, uh, burden sure. that they were like, not only did they spend a lot of money for the food cause they would feast. Some of the feasts would last like a week. So they'd spend a lot of money on the food, but that also meant that they weren't working for that week. They mm. took time and it wasn't like, oh, I just used my PTO. Um, like they weren't tending their crops um, mm. and or or making their bricks or blacksmithing, whatever it was that they did, like carpentry. They, they didn't do those things for that time um, and spent money mm. feasting. And so just the recognition of like rather than trying to hoard and consume, <clears throat> actually like spending money. And I'm not saying spend frivolously or be unwise, <clears throat> but like at what level do we just spend money to say like we're doing this in order to give glory to God and to provide an opportunity? Um, that one I almost don't want to say because like <laughs> it feels like that's really, really nuanced um, because people can go overboard. I'm not saying go into credit card debt. I'm not saying Yeah, you still have to buy. keep the spirit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's wisdom in, in the way that you feast. But again, the biggest thing from that article that I just took away from that was just like feeling a sense of freedom rather than guilt, and guilt shame. or stress yes. um, around that. Yeah. And not just around the holidays. Cause sometimes that can be like a holiday thing. It's really busy or maybe you have family tension and like those things are different things to navigate through, but literally around food, like the amount of conversations like around the food that you mm -hmm. eat that causes either guilt or stress. Oh, I ate too much. I put on too much weight or I'm stressful. I'm stressed out about what this is going to do or how it's going to affect whatever. Like, um, and just to walk and step in freedom and going back to the, my yoke is easy. My burden's light, like being yoked with Jesus and everything that we do both in play and in work. Um, and the yoke obviously symbolizes work, but, um, just being in step with him, he'll he'll lead you in those places. And um, where Jesus is, there's freedom, right? Like where the Spirit of the Lord is. And so um, walking in step in that freedom, I think, is mm. a huge part. Well, and as you were talking about, I think there were something like seven feasts throughout the year, right? I can't remember if they were all annual. I know there were seven... There's something about seven big feasts, but some of them might have been... There was like one that was every seven years... There was a couple that was every year. I can't remember if there were seven annual ones. But there's um, then every seven every seventh year was supposed to be like a sabbatical year, even for like the fields in general. Where that was the year of jubilee. That's every fiftieth year, is where you have to give the land rest. No, that's where you give land back. I thought there oh, was every right. seventh yep, year was. Right. Yeah, you have like to, a land, your land had to rest. Mm -hmm. You couldn't put crops and you have in to, it. right. You have mm -hmm. to trust that God would provide the following or the be previous six years for that following seventh year. That's right. Yeah. And then on the year of jubilee, you would actually return all the land to its original. Mm -hmm. You'd forgive ownership. debts. Yeah. If somebody owed you yeah. debts. Yeah. 
that everything keeps pointing back to God is my sustainer. And while you're talking about feasting, where you would feast for seven days, spending money and not working, is like congruent with the rest God calls us to. Because resting, and yes, the mental rest I was talking about, because I have to trust that God will show me what he wants me to know. I don't have to like figure every scenario out because I'm not going to. Or... Um, like emotionally rest in who he is, believing that he will fill me and sustain me, even if I don't feel like getting up and going to work today or whatever. But when we look at the actual physical rest, like the call to a Sabbath day that begins with the posture of our hearts, but to actually rest from doing the work, believing that God is in control, right? And actually trusting him to be in control, that like a feast is like seven days of Sabbath rest, right? Where you're, you have to trust that God's going to provide in the same way that you're trusting him, that he is your sustenance while you're fasting, that both fasting and feasting are to remind us that God's our sustenance. Mm -hmm. Um, that's just really cool that like literally every moment should remind us in some way, shape or form. And by should, I don't mean like that should be like in your head all the time, but like God has built all of this into this beautiful, artistic dance that like everything points to how much we need him to sustain us because he is our food and our water and also to sustain us because he is what we feast on and he provides the money we need to do that feast and to provide for our families and like yeah I just think as a culture we really suck at saying no to ourselves mm-hmm. oh, for and sure. fasting is just hardcore pressing into that too saying no to yourself, to your flesh. So you're actually dying to your flesh every day, mm-hmm. picking up your cross and following Jesus. And the rewards from that are remarkable. And I'm not saying do it for the rewards. I would say do it for the glory of God. But he will bless you out of that. I really believe that as your heart is postured towards him and listening to what it is he has for you. He'll lead you into healing places and you will be a light. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that just popped to mind that like, <clears throat> wow, feasting should remind us as like the joy of our dependency on Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, and how he is our abundance. And yeah. So anyway, that was my thought. Yeah. And all of those things like that were called to do, like saying no or, or other aspects of, of scripture. Um, yes. God gets the glory. But part of the way I think he's glorified is because it's honing in our character. Yeah. Um, and I just think that as you look at scripture, like that's the thing that he continually points to. Um, and we can't become fully Christ-like without him, right? It's through his power alone. Um, but that's the thing he desires um, most for us. He Which wants relation. Yeah, he wants relationship with us. Mm-hmm. But I think the, des- the greatest desire maybe for us or maybe from us is to become more Christ-like and, and honing in our character. And like, there's a Proverbs, um, uh, I'm going to paraphrase cause I can't remember exactly how it goes, but essentially like, <clears throat> um, God would rather have a man of patience than one who can conquer a city. Um, and just the idea of like the patience is, is what's happening in you. It's a part of your character development more than your ability of what you can do. And like God cares more about the character of the person than their abilities. Um, But we just spend so much time focusing on looking at and seeing the outward expression of things. Um, 
when the character is the thing that we have to really pay the closest attention to. Mm. As one person puts it, um, culture eats, oh shoot, culture eats ability for breakfast. I think it's like a business phrase. Um, and it's the same with character. Like character trumps ability every time. Um, mm. That if you only focus on ability, but the character isn't there, people mm. will fall away or fail. Um, like in their faith, not just like fail at something. We all fail at things, but like <clears throat> fail in their in their character um, because character is the thing that uh, really shones, shines forth. Shones. Shones, shines forth in times of, of difficulty or trial. So, Well, and the reason I brought up the glory of God first, though, is because we're so naturally bent to doing things for ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. what can I get out of this? Yeah. But I think it is about our character that will in turn glorify God. But if I begin all of the things with me first, I'm still not feasting on Jesus first. I'm starting with, like, what can I get out of this? And I think out of who God is, he will fill us and he will, like, I mean, Jesus is our eternal reward. So we are, like, automatically rewarded in who he is when we surrender our lives to him. But I, yeah, I just felt like I wanted to clarify that, that I'm not saying that, like, to avoid yourself or, like, um, to be like, I'm nothing, but truly to do everything we do for the glory of God because of his love for us. But if I just, I've just been so challenged at the motive of my heart with that lately where, like, there was often in my life something I was trying to get to beyond God, which is, like, a feeling but there's nothing beyond him. Like he is it. If I just do this life looking at me first and what I can get out of it, the posture of my heart still won't be in full surrender to him. I, I would still be the idol of my life. So that's just my challenge in, into the posture of our hearts, like in whatever we do is who are we doing it for? Are we working for God or for man, which includes us, you know? Yeah. And, our relationship with God is a relationship and by definition of relationship, it's, it's both directions. Um, Mm -hmm. there's two parties for Mm -hmm. a relationship to happen. And, um, in one way, because all glories do to God. Um, but in one aspect, like God made it all about us by sending Jesus on our behalf that like that demonstration of love was for humanity. Mm Mm-hmm in order for us to make our lives all about him mm-hmm. for his glory, that our lives would be an outward expression of yeah. what he's done yeah. for us. And First um, John 2 talks about uh, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. And so just that idea of, again, it's all about yeah. our love back to him because mm-hmm. his love for the Father isn't in him, but we can't love without him first loving us. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so like, it's, we receive his love and mm-hmm. out of the love that he gives us, we love him back. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. Anything else to add? Hmm. Just feast well. Feast on Jesus first, spend time in his presence, listening to his voice and his word, fast well, and on purpose. Yeah. Ask him to talk to you and listen and then obey. 
I just, I, yeah, I encourage everyone to go through fasting and then asking God, like, is this the lifestyle you actually have for me on a regular mm. basis? What am I to fast if that's from you? Um, so that we can feast well. Yeah. So, yep. Awesome. Well, I hope that this was helpful. Um, this <laughs> might feel like the, uh, the potentially least helpful one. I hope that it was beneficial for people. Um, just to listen in and have more thoughts provoked and conversations happen. But, um, and I would say don't, don't, um, not feast double negative out of a fear of like, I don't know. I've never done this before. Like it's uncomfortable. I'm not sure what mm. to do with myself. Just do it. Like if you since you're supposed to like do it in peace, mm-hmm. knowing God will usher you through it. Yeah. Cause I think there's a lot of times I've wanted to fast, but I haven't out of the fear of something. Mm. And I, I, since I've probably missed some really opportune times to hear mm. the voice of God or maybe press in and intercede for someone else because of the, like, I don't know what's going to happen. This is uncomfortable. I haven't done this before. Um, so I would say if you're like feeling prompted to do it, like just trust that God will do that with you and have accountability in it. Yeah. Like have someone who knows yeah. what, what you're, you're doing. doing. They yeah. can check in on you. You can let them know when you're struggling or like I did this, devotional with like three other women so it was it was great to have like a a check-in point and to see where everyone else is because that's also encouraging when other people are hearing from the voice of god or having like breakthroughs and you're doing that together Mm, is like also super powerful yeah so yeah and i usually tell people if you're looking to fast from food for more than a day it doesn't hurt to check with the doctor just Mm. to make sure like if you, especially if i had like a physical in a while just like hey is everything good um and uh yeah, just to make sure that you're being uh, wise mm-hmm. and, and not, like, careful in the sense of, like, being extra safe, but just in the idea of, like, um, using wisdom mm-hmm. and taking the next step. So, yeah. Cool. Well, thanks, everybody. Hope you have an awesome week. Thanks for tuning in and listening to us jibber-jabber for a little bit. Happy November. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. Happy November. <laughs>